Good morning, church. If you have your Bibles, if you'll find your place in Luke chapter number 16, Luke chapter number 16, and welcome this morning to uh, this uh, July summer day, uh, Sunday, Lord's Day, and we welcome you. I'm Pastor Mike. If you're a guest with us here today, we're honored to have you with us, and may the Lord bless you. And as Brother Todd mentioned earlier, if there's anything we can do for you to help you know about more about the ministries of our church, we're we're delighted to help you with that. Those of you who are online, may the Lord bless you. Uh, we, we pray for you. We pray for you to be with us when you can. Well, we've been looking for some time now, all through the summer, and for, for this very special time in uh, looking at the stories, the everyday stories of Jesus, sometimes called parables. In your Bible, the, the word parable simply means to throw beside, to cast beside. And some of the greatest of truths in... Uh, that we must know about spiritual things. The Lord uses stories to um, express these things to us. Sometimes the parables are used by the Lord Jesus to hide from the unbeliever spiritual truth so that they might uh, think about it and the Holy Spirit might work in their lives to reveal to them the truth of God's Word. So there's a hiddenness in these stories and yet the Lord many times speaks parables stories to believers, as we saw last week. Today we come to a story that is a very serious story, a sobering story, that we want to read together that reminds us of the reality of death. It reminds us of the reality of what will happen after we die. The fact that every person I I'm speaking to today in this building and those who hear my voice or watching online, all of us will live after we die, either in heaven or in hell. So the Lord gives us this story and it is a very important story for us to hear and to understand today. So let's read these words of the Lord Jesus as he spoke them, Luke chapter 16, verse 19. Now there was a rich man and he habitually dressed in purple and fine linen, joyously living in the splendor every day. And a poor man named Lazarus was laid at his gate covered with sores and longing to be fed with the crumbs which were falling from the rich man's table. Besides, even the dogs were coming and licking his sores. Now the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. In hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and saw Abraham far away and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried out and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he might dip the tip of his finger in water and cool off my tongue for I am in agony in this flame. But Abraham said, child, remember that during your life you received your good things. And likewise, Lazarus, bad things, but now he is being comforted here 
and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great chasm fixed so that those who wish to come over here to you will not be able and those who and that none may cross over from here to us. And he said, Then I beg you, Father, that you send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, in order that he may warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. But he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be persuaded even if someone rises from the dead. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, for the blessed, wonderful truths of the Lord Jesus Christ that came from his lips, been recorded for us, and now we hear them today. We ask that the Holy Spirit of God would be our teacher today. We pray for the least of these who surround us, all around us. We pray for foster children in Tennessee who need care and <clears throat> provision. You are the father of the fatherless. May First Baptist Church be faithful in our part. We pray for the Baptist Children's Home of Tennessee. We thank you for Brother Greg and his ministry. We ask that today you would seek to honor your word, that we might hear carefully what you have to say to us. May we be hearers of the word. Uh, may we hear it, and then may we act on what we hear. And we thank you, Lord. May you give us attention and no distractions for a while as we hear these very important words. All eternity, all of eternity for all of our lives hangs on your words and how we respond to the Word of God. So may today, young and old alike, hear these words and be wiser for it for eternity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today we come to look at this very powerful story. We love Luke chapter 15 because it is only found in Luke's gospel. We rejoice, especially the, son of the, pro the story of the prodigal son, but this story also is only in Luke's gospel. Some have tried to dismiss this. Others try to explain away our Lord's words. Try to say what he really was trying to say. What the Lord said, he said. And what he said is true. And it is to be believed and to be, we're to be reminded of it today. The focal truth today is this. Hearing and obeying God's word keeps you out of hell. Hearing and obeying God's word keeps you out of hell. I'm speaking to you individually as my friends today. I'm speaking to you, hear my voice or see me online. I appeal to you today to hear and listen. Perhaps like you've never listened before, I am saying to you that what we hear from our Lord today may change where you spend eternity may change your mind so that you do not spend eternity in hell, separated from God in great torment and agony, 
but in the joy and blessings of heaven. Do you believe that everyone really is going to go to heaven? Now, in spite of the Lord's words, we know the Lord was trying to make a point here, but maybe he was not making the right point. Do you really in your heart, the way you live, the way you look at people, it's your philosophy. Maybe you learned it from your family. <clears throat> maybe someone in some place, or boy, of course, on the internet. What can you not learn on the internet? You went and you found Dr. So-and-so who explained away the fact that there's really not a hell. He's not, by the way, died yet. He doesn't know. But do you really? Do you really just believe that actually in the end, God is such a God of love and grace and mercy? Well, you know, really, he'll, he'll, he'll somehow in his divine glory just wink and, and uh, move everyone in into heaven. This is a very important question because whether or not you believe in heaven and hell determines how you live your life every day. Today I'm not seeking to <clears throat> uh, be dramatic, but I am seeking to talk to you about perhaps the most sober and real issue that we face every time we gather in this place. You see, there are people who were here a year ago who are not. Many of them, I've had the privilege to stand at their, in the graveyard with their family. They're not coming back. They're gone. They've died. I've stood in this place with some of our young couples, stillborn children, and we put the little casket in the ground. They're not coming back. They're gone. Life is over. You see, today we come to understand a very important matter. The Lord helps us through the words coming from a man in hell speaking to Abraham in heaven about this most crucial issue. Hearing and obeying God's word keeps you out of hell. Now let's go back for some review for the context. Verse 14, the Pharisees, this is chapter 16, 14. Keep your Bible open, follow along. The Pharisees, they love money. They were listening to the Lord's story that I gave you last week about the blessing of heaven welcoming you and saying thank you for your giving to the Lord. I hope you'll remember that. It's not what you give to causes on earth. It's what you give storing up your riches in heaven that will be thanked by those in heaven. You'll be welcomed by those in the heavenly dwellings. And so the Pharisees love their money like people in our world love their money. They were listening to this story the Lord was saying to the disciples, verse 15. And the Lord said, you are those who justify yourself in the sight of men. That's what lost people do every day. They justify, well, you know, I deserve to do this because of whatever. People seek to self-justify themselves. They, you, <clears throat> uh, the Lord says, seek to, you, you are those who justify yourselves in the sight of men for whatever they were doing whatever their behavior, but God knows your hearts. And I remind everyone in this room today, you cannot hide. You cannot hide from God's knowledge of you. He knows what you do in secret. He knows how you speak to others and treat them. He knows what's truly in your heart today. 
You see, God knows your hearts, he says. And then notice what the Lord says. That which is highly esteemed among men is detestable in the sight of God. Then he goes on. The law and the prophets were proclaimed until John the Baptist. Since then, ah, the coming of the Lord Jesus. What has Luke taught us? The Lord Jesus went everywhere as a preacher, preaching the good news of the kingdom of God. Since then, the, 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 uh, that time, the gospel of the kingdom of God has been preached and everyone is forcing his way into it. What a beautiful picture. You see, here he now describes the scriptures that we're to hear, the law and the gospel. The law and the gospel. You read your Bible, you read it all. You read law and gospel. I said at the beginning, hearing and obeying the law and the gospels will keep you out of hell. <clears throat> now the Lord goes on to say, verse 17, but it is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one stroke of a letter of the law to fail. And he gives an illustration. <clears throat> because these Pharisees were famous for divorcing their wives. Everyone who divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery. That's the law of God. There are no exceptions. Hear the law of God today. It would be good for America to hear the law of God. It would be good for every marriage, every person married here to hear the law of God. It hasn't changed. Everyone. Everyone who divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery. And he who marries one who is divorced from a husband commits adultery. Now, verse 19, now, as the Lord goes on. There was a rich man. He habitually dressed in purple and fine linen. Now we see it. And at the end, what does Abraham say? With all the pleading of a man in hell, first for himself and then for his family who were still on the earth. What does Abraham say, verse 31? If they do not listen to the word of God, they will not be persuaded even if someone rises from the dead. I have four observations. Number one, everyone dies from this story. Everyone dies, whether rich or poor, and goes to heaven or hell. You see, the Lord was our friend. He told us the truth. Where others would, would, would compromise. Everyone dies, whether rich or poor, and goes to heaven or hell. Number two, everyone who goes to heaven enjoys endless comfort and joy. Number three, everyone who goes to hell suffers endless torment, agony, and regret. Everyone who goes to hell <clears throat> suffers endless torment, agony, <clears throat> and regret. Is that going to be you? Will that be your fate? Because of the decisions you make on the earth? And everyone stays out of hell who hears and obeys God's word. So let's get to it and think about these things for a moment because they sober us greatly. Now the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's bosom. We read it here in verse 22. 
And the rich man died and was buried. In hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and saw Abraham far away and Lazarus in his bosom. You see, the Lord's spoken to us about heaven, hasn't he? Luke, if you've been with us, if you've been listening, Luke 15, the shepherd finds the lost sheep. The woman finds the lost coin. The father welcomes back the sinful son who repents. There is joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. We saw last week that as we give our money to the causes of Christ, we are thanked from heaven. And as we go into our eternal dwellings in heaven, we're rewarded and we're thanked for giving to the Lord. The Lord was focusing on heaven. But now all of a sudden we see verse 30. If you will uh, know my father Abraham, if you send someone from the dead, they will repent. This is about repentance. This man in hell didn't repent of his sins. This whole matter is about repentance. It's the same matter for you today and for me. Living lives of repenting of sin, which starts when you first come to Christ. I start by reminding you of this. It's very clear what the Lord is saying here. Verse 22. The poor man in his terrible condition died. He died and all of the suffering and all the dogs licking him and all the sores on his body are gone. All the suffering and pain of the poor man ended at his death because death is the end of earthly life. And this fashionable rich man who was in the habit of wearing fine purple and fine linen, always dressed to kill, always looking excellent, and joyously living in splendor every day, the rich man died and left behind his purple linens, his fine place to live, and his comforts at his death. The Word of God says Adam died. The Word of God says Abraham died. The Word of God says David died. And the Word of God says to us, it is appointed for men to die once. All of us, all men, all people, you all have a death day, just like you have a birthday, and some death day comes sooner than for others. It's not just old people who die, children die, teenagers die, all die, everyone dies. The young preacher came to lunch with me not so long ago. He's busy and he's doing great. He's a part of our own church and he's out serving the Lord. And he said, Brother Mike, Pastor Mike, what should I do more as a young preacher? And I said, go to funerals. He choked on his hamburger after I said that. You know why you go to funerals? Because it reminds you, we're not up here playing. This isn't a club. This isn't a social gathering just so we can see everybody from Dixon. Hey, how you doing? Saw you at the store the other day. This is life and death. This is life and death. 
And you have been given the days you've been given. As the man said to me at the doctor. The doctor says to me, Mr. Miller, you have cancer. Chances are you'll be dead in five years. Have you ever had somebody tell you you're going to die? Are you ready to die? You see, you learn to live by knowing you're going to die. This is what it's all about. This is why our Lord speaks about it. In fact, the greatest hellfire preacher in history is not Charles Spurgeon, some of you's favorite. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the greatest of hellfire preachers. But you know, we love the Lord Jesus, but some of these points we think, well, maybe he was just having a bad day. No. He spoke words of grace and truth. So as the assigned preacher for today, I remind you, the law of God connected to the gospel of God must be obeyed in order for you to miss hell. My question to you today is, are you listening? Number two, everyone goes to heaven. Here it is. We read it. Beautiful words. Here, this poor man dies. You can read it in your Bible there. The poor man dies and was, was gathered by the angels, welcomed into heaven. What a special thing. We sing about heaven. We love heaven. We rejoice in heaven. The poor man was carried by the angels to heaven. Precious is the sight of the Lord. And precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his godly ones. There is a special relationship in my father's house. There are many dwelling places and I go to prepare a place for you. This is the promise of the Lord Jesus. The father welcomed back the son. Believers are welcomed and thanked in heaven for their giving. Welcome. Heaven is about welcome home. Welcome. Welcome to your eternal home. Believers in Christ, Paul reminds us, are citizens of heaven. We talk much in this church about heaven. We go to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. We're pressing in to, the, to heaven. We're coming, <clears throat> repenting of our sins, believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus said to that believing thief on the cross, today, today, you're going to die. <clears throat> today, when you're dead, you'll be alive with me in paradise. The promise of heaven, the glory of heaven, no sorrow, no sadness, joyous pleasure in God forever and ever, endless glory with the Saints of God, millions upon millions, as Brother Dave reminded us today, saying, worthy is the Lamb who, is slain, who was slain to receive honor. Oh, heaven is our, we'll be welcomed in, Peter says. We'll be, as we live the right kind of holy life as Christians, we are supplied with a glorious entry into heaven. The problem is that for many Christians, they never think about heaven. When you put your feet up in that beautiful home you have, doesn't matter how big it is, and you put your arms back and you say, how can it get any better? Brother Mike says to you, heaven's better than anything you have here. Lazarus is in comfort and he is in the joy of heaven. That is the promise for us. But the discussion in the story is between a 
man who raised up his eyes in hell and Abraham, the father of the faithful in heaven. But Abraham said, verse 25, Child, remember during your life you received good things and likewise Lazarus bad things, but now he is being comforted. Notice Abraham's words. You are in agony. You see, there is endless fiery torment in hell. Have mercy on me, verse 24. Have mercy on me. Oh, how the man cries for mercy, but he's in hell. It's too late. <clears throat> he never called on the mercy of God while he had on his fine clothes, living joyously in his splendor and in his riches and in his abundance and in his possessions. You see, that's what dulls the soul. That's why the Lord said, how much is enough? That's why the Lord said, give it away. Because all of these things dull us. This is why America is such a hard ground to share the gospel. Because possessions and money and the love of things dulls the soul. And this man now in hell says to Abraham, Have mercy on me, send Lazarus, so he will at least dip his finger in water and touch my tongue. He says, I am in agony in this flame. We don't understand what this is like. We don't understand all of the details of what hell fire is all about, but it's real. Hell fire. Do, do I need to remind this church of the dreadful words in Revelation 20? Verse 13, and the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell, Hades, gave up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every one according to their deeds. Then death and Hades <clears throat> were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death. No one here wants the second death. You die once, and then the judgment, and then for many the second death will come. It's the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown, not escorted, thrown into the lake of fire. You see, hell is an endless regret for rejecting God. You are in agony. What did he say in that verse? Oh, the pain of these words to a man <clears throat> forever in hell. Remember? Oh, the pain of that word. You better be listening to me this morning. Don't be distracted. Oh, the pain of the words being spoken to a man in hell. Remember, remember, remember. Remember what you had before you died. Remember how you lived Remember how you didn't care for anything of God. Remember, remember there's endless regret. There's endless separation. Well, let him come over here. No, there's a gulf between us. We cannot be joined together forever, forever separated from the presence of God and the people of God, his people. The Lord Jesus reminds us, fear the one who can kill the body and has the authority to throw you into hell. You see, if you go to hell, 
I want to go on record. If you die after hearing the gospel, picking up a Bible, going to church, having mothers and dads and relatives who walked with Jesus, but now you kind of wink your eye and, yeah, you know, that was good for them. It's kind of different now. No, it's not, not different. No, you must deal with your sinfulness now or God will deal with your sinfulness. You see, we're, we're forgetting this very important fact that there's real agony and there's burdens. He, wants, he now wants Lazarus to go speak to his family about God's word. If you go to hell, you will see your life forever spent from the beginning to the end rejecting the truth of God. If you go to hell, you will feel forever the guilt of your sins heavy on your mind. If you go to hell, you will never be able to stop thinking and remembering the times you said no to your friend who tried to share the gospel with you. When you made fun of all those Christians, when you mocked God in your ungodliness and you lived in selfish godlessness to do whatever you wanted to do to satisfy your flesh, if you go to hell, you'll remember and remember and remember all of the past rejections of the Word of God and God's truth and the Lord Jesus and all of His people, and you will regret forever that is hell. And it never ends. All of your life, over and over, you said no to Jesus, and then forever and ever, as Abraham says, you are in agony. It doesn't say for a while. It doesn't say for a little bit of time. You are in agony. He died. He saw heaven from hell. And he remembered his selfish life. That is hell. Hell is truth seen too late. The commercials come on the television. And there's the sad pictures of the little dogs. In all of their troubles. They're shivering in the cold. The rain is pouring on them. No one to rescue the little dogs. And the people cry. And they weep. And People die and leave dogs, their inheritance. And we build places for the lost dogs. And we cry when our favorite dog dies at the house and sometimes make a little grave for them. And we can go out to their little grave and see the dead dog who died. But where is there in the church any sorrow for the lost? We crying about dead dogs. You know why I told the young man to go to funerals? Because you need to see some people cry who are in misery because they have a loved one who would not say yes to Jesus. Now, unless you're of the crowd that says, well, now, Pastor Mike, we love you, but everybody's really going to go to heaven. Wink. No, friend. This rich man died. And he lifted up his eyes in heaven 
And he pleaded for mercy that never came. Do lost people ever cross your mind? Do you ever weep for the millions? Look, millions of people will die unsaved today. Well, I don't know them. Does that matter? People made in the image of God who send away their life, we cry over the dead dogs. But do we ever cry over dead sinners who go to hell? This is what we must think about as a church. So on the chairs again today, we're going to do old school. Brother Dave's old school, and so am I. Brother Dave, it's good to be old school. This is called a track. You don't, you don't put it on your phone. There's not an app for it. You don't go to your computer. This, this is a card. It's called a track. And on the front, it has the Roman road on it, how to be saved. Some of you, somebody gave you one of these one time, and it changed your life. You may not even know who it was or you found it somewhere. Somebody put it on the table. It was somewhere. I hope you'll pick up. I hope there's no tracks left in this room when we finish. Pick them all up. Take as many as you need. There's more out in the... This is our job. Every one of us. Take your track. And the best thing is to say to somebody, Do you know Jesus? Are you ready to die? You see, we must plead with people to not go to hell. That's, you know, we argue about a lot of things in church with each other, about different views on the Bible. We're fighting about things while the world goes to hell. Let's get our priorities right. Let's get back to what matters. And here I have some things for you to remember today. Number one, your money, your morality will not keep you out of hell. Oh, daddy loved Jesus, but do you? <clears throat> oh, mama, she read her Bible every day. Do you? Oh, I'll tell you what, when I was a kid, we had to go to church every week. Uh, that'd be a good thing. Oh, they used to pray and I used to listen to them pray, but do you pray? Why don't you have a spiritual desire in your life? It's because you're not saved. If you don't care about spiritual things, friend, you're not a Christian. If you don't care about the Word of God, if you don't care about... Praying, if you don't care about the lost, if you really, if you're just caught up in your own thing and this is a good thing to add on, hey, you know, I'm going up there to the church. You must consider whether you really are saved, born again. The reason why I say it is because we're reminded in the Word of God make your calling. Do you know when God calls you to be saved and your choice that God's made of you? Do you know it for certain? I've said it many times. If you die today, are you 100% certain, and you can have assurance that when you die, you'll go to heaven? We need to settle that, all of us, young and old alike. Because if you die without settling that, you may lift up your eyes in hell and think, what have I done? What have I done? What you do will never get you to heaven. You see, the law of God does this. Here's what Paul said. Romans 3.20. Through the law comes the knowledge of sin. You know why we read the law of God? Because it shows me I am a sinner. 
I must be saved. And Jesus saves us from our sin and saves us, listen, from hell. By the way, while we're finishing, you know, there's some of these people who make light of hell. You know, there are jokes and comics about it. And hell's not a laughing thing. And the devil won't be your torturer because he'll be your fellow tortured. The devil's not going to torture you in hell. He gets thrown in there before you do. And he's tortured. It's a devil's hell, sadly, that people choose to go to be in because they reject the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why we go. You have a death day. You have a death day and so do I. Live as dying yet living for Christ. Look, friends, I am, like the old preacher said, a dying man preaching to dying people. Someone may not have taken some scan of your body and evaluated blood samples to tell you you're going to die. But have you looked in the mirror lately? Everyone in this room, you're going to die. And then after that, what? And after that, how? How? You see, hearing and obeying the Word of God, that's why we preach, that's why we study, that's why we labor in the Word of God so that we take in all of the law and the Gospels. All of the law, all the Gospel, all the truth about being a follower of Jesus so that we might challenge and encourage one another so that no one goes to hell. We take as many with us to heaven as we can. That's why we take our tracks and we go and we distribute them. We share the track. You don't even have, if you, if you don't have a chance and someone's on your heart, you give it to them. Rescue the perishing, care for the dying. Rescue the perishing. Our rescue work is in need of repair. We don't really think anybody needs to be rescued. They're all good. But they're not. You see, for as many as sin need a Savior. And I would be doing you a disservice... If I did not speak to you out of the gener generous, loving care of my heart for each of you as your pastor. This is my duty and this is your duty. What did the Lord say in that story we read? When the place wasn't filled, go compel them to come in. My house must be filled. Go compel them to come in. Do whatever you have to do. One of our ladies talked to me after last hour and said, I'm sad because I have a neighbor. He's, he's uh, in his 30, 40s. I asked him to come today, he promised to come, but he didn't come. He's, he's thinking about ending his life. He's miserable. He has no hope. What do we do? I said, well, we go see him. That's what we do. Well, well he might get offended. That, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he gets offended. If he's going to hell, we do what we can to bring him to Jesus. 
I hope today as you leave, you'll remember this. First, when you die, you will either go to heaven or hell. Number two, every person in your family will die and they will go to heaven or hell. All the people you work with, you look into their eyes every week. Some of them you work very closely with. They will die and they will go to heaven or hell. So we have a great duty and responsibility today to teach people to follow Jesus, to share the gospel, lead them to repentance, tell our story of how we came to know Christ so that no one dies and goes to hell. Abraham said, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be persuaded even if someone rises from the dead. To the praise of the glory of His grace, the Lord Jesus is near to the door. He is near to the door. His imminent return is so real for us in this generation. And so we pray, come Lord Jesus. And while we're praying, come Lord Jesus, we go and tell. We go and tell. And we go and tell. And we do not care how, we're, how people respond, even if they hurt us and harm us. We go and tell to the glory of His grace.